Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Straight Shooter Recruiter. I'm Emily, a campus recruiter by day and a podcaster by night. I'm recording this on a wildly rainy Sunday, so if you hear the monsoon that's happening in Toronto in the background, I'm sorry. Guys, I'm so excited for this week's episode. So a week ago on my Instagram, I asked if you'd be interested in listening to an Ask Me Anything episode. And shockingly, you fed my ego and said yes. Do I feel like an influencer? Yeah, absolutely. Am I waiting on my Gymshark sponsorship? Yeah, that too. So all the questions y'all sent in were amazing. Seriously, thank you. Some were career-related, others were general advice, and some you wanted to know the juicy juicy on my personal life. I kind of am going to expose what weekend Emily is like, and I'm ready for it. I want this episode to be super chill, more like we're hanging out. So honestly, I didn't categorize your questions, I didn't really pre-prepare answers, aka I am fighting my type A tendencies and trying to go with the flow. But before we jump in, if you're wondering how I got the votes, if you're wondering how people contribute to what the weekly episodes are going to be like, you need to head over to my Instagram at emily.the.recruiter so you don't miss out on the party. I promise it's a really good time. Okay, so like I said, these questions are in no particular order. I'm literally just scrolling through the Insta question section and just going to read them out and answer as we go. But the first question kills me. It's, when are you going to get Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz on the show? Yeah, honestly, guys, the only person who wants to be my guest is my mother. Um, So I would be beyond down. Next question is, what's the weirdest LinkedIn message you've ever gotten? Oh, I could really expose some people. I won't. But I could. I think the weirdest one ever is when I literally did not know this person. They had to be at least 20 years older than me. And he reached out and asked me on a date via LinkedIn. Like, I had no idea who this guy was. And at first I was like, pardon? This is not Tinder. What gave you the idea this was appropriate? And second of all, absolutely not. Like, next. Who does this? And I spoke to some of my girlfriends about this, and they were saying this happens all the time to them as well, where they get these much older men reaching out on LinkedIn, trying to take you out for you know a nice career chat over a bottle of wine. Yeah, like, no thank you. Um, okay, next question is so good. It's, do you think skills assessments like resumes and interviews are actually accurate for measuring a person's skills? Honestly, yes and no. Yes, because when you prepare your resume really well and you prepare for your interview really well, it is going to actually showcase how much you know and your work ethic and your ability to communicate. But honestly, the biggest gap in my mind is that very few people, and especially students, actually know how to do this. Like very few people know how to structure their resume or how to prepare for an interview, which is literally why I made this podcast. Because yeah, these tools can be great, but only if you know how to structure them and how to be given the skills to you know be successful and actually make it to the interview and be successful in the interview. So yes and no. I know that's not the world's best answer. What piece of career advice would I give to my younger self or to those just starting out in their career? So I used to, and honestly still sometimes do, beat myself up over every single mistake I would make. Like I would literally stay up all night freaking out because of a tiny error I made at work that day. I'd be so scared that people would think I was stupid or underqualified. And now I do my best to remember that if that problem isn't going to matter in five years, I'm not letting myself worry about it for more than five minutes. 
So I guess in essence, you need to accept that you're going to make mistakes and probably going to make a lot of them. But you also need to accept and expect that every other person around you is making the exact same mistakes, if not worse. So I guess I would just say stop beating yourself up. You are not going to be perfect. And that expectation is just going to make your experience so much harder than it needs to be. Okay, this next question is a two-parter. Part one is how bad or how good was your first resume? Oh my gosh, it was so bad. Like SOS, that's the worst resume I've seen in my life. It was two pages. So if you listen to my show, you know that's a cardinal sin. And it was just pure garbage. Like it was two pages of me explaining my part-time job at The Gap and as a summer camp counselor. Like it was totally formatted horribly. The content was bad. I'm confident there were probably spelling errors. I cringe every time I think about it. The second part of that question was how good or how bad was your very first interview? So I think my very first interview was to be a summer camp counselor, but I was 15. I have no memory of that. I'm just going to skip that one and fast track to my first professional interview. And that was for an internship position in marketing um, at a Toronto-based fashion magazine. And I think I was in first year at the time. So I was 17 or 18, I think 18. So I was originally interviewing with the head of marketing at that time. And in the interview, he kept emphasizing that he wanted someone who was in third or fourth year at least, and that they were actually targeting students and their masters. So you can imagine I was very confused because I was literally in my second semester or first year. So I was like, why, why am I interviewing if this is what you want? So he kept asking me questions about my education, you know, about how much I knew about the marketing space. And I obviously prepared for that interview pretty extensively. So I knew what I was talking about in terms of, you know, the work specific questions. But he kept emphasizing how much he wanted someone who was in their upper years of school. And I didn't correct him. It became pretty clear that he never fully read my resume because the questions he were asking basically implied that I had a lot more education under my belt than I did. And I was super sneaky. I was like, I want this job. I want this internship. This is a sweet gig. If he thinks I'm in fourth year and I'm coming across as, you know, educated as a fourth year, then fine. I'm not going to stop him from thinking that. Do I think that's a great practice? No. Do I think that's a little sneaky? Yeah, probably. So definitely don't do this. But I ended up getting the job and halfway through the work term, I was like, you know, I'm in first year, right? Let's just say he didn't. He was completely fine with it. And kind of, you know, he felt a little bit ridiculous for not knowing what year I was in. What's my biggest achievement? Oh, that's so hard. Honestly, because I don't feel like I've achieved anything close to what I want to. But if I had to pick like my biggest win for my life so far, I think it's kind of the stage I am in my career right now for my age. I mean, again, nowhere close to where I want to be, but I think I'm pretty proud of myself for being 24 and progressing in my career the way that I have. And I've been able to do some kind of consulting on the side and have my own small business. So that's really been making an impact on the industry of campus recruitment. So I think that's pretty cool. If I had to pinpoint, though, like a specific proud moment, I think it would be the moment I signed my offer letter for my current role at Intuit. I know this is so corny, but I've never felt more connected to a company before in my entire life. Like this role and the amount of responsibility and creative freedom that comes with it isn't something that I thought I would be able to get for many more years. So it kind of just feels like a blessing to be at the age I'm at and the job I'm at with the career I have right now. It's it's kind of surreal. Um Definitely took a lot of hard work, but it's difficult to kind of stop and appreciate that because I'm always thinking, you know, a year down the line where I want to be or the next thing I want to achieve. So, yeah, that's an interesting question.
what piece of advice that is commonly given out do you disagree with? And I'm so opinionated. I feel like I could make an entire episode dedicated to this. But I think it's the piece of advice that people give when they say things like, you know, push through the hard times. Don't quit hard jobs. Suck it up. No. If it's making you miserable, quit. Why are you going to force yourself into a career path you're not happy with or a boss that you hate? I always say this, but if it costs you your peace, it is far too expensive. So that is my biggest piece of advice. Okay, the next question is, if I could leave my job right now and choose a completely different career, what would it be? Oh, that's such a good question too. I actually just had this conversation with my dad, funny enough, like two days ago, and he was asking what I think my next career move is going to be, and I fully laughed. I was like, I can't see myself doing anything other than campus recruitment, and I don't know if that's because I've only had a career in campus, but I have no desire to try something else. I just believe so deeply in the power of student talent. Plus, the job itself is so fun. But if I had to pick, um, hmm, I'd probably go back to what my OG career goal was, like when I first moved into human resources and university. I really wanted to be a lawyer. um, So that would be option number one. But option two, honestly, totally like not related to what I do at all. I'd want to get into health and fitness. Like I wish I would have committed more to like the health and wellness industry and opened up a gym or something like that. I don't think it's something I'll ever do, but definitely if I had to do it all over again, I wish I would have given more thought and time to that. Okay, next question is what's my favorite thing about marketing? And this question is so good because so many people don't realize that campus recruitment is not just recruiting. It's honestly the combination of recruiting, marketing, and events planning, and marketing is a huge part of it. It's everything from how you advertise roles and events to how you write job descriptions. Like It is all marketing. And I think my favorite part is the creative element. Like I love coming up with new ways to attract talent and connect to talent and build relationships. This podcast is an example of that. I know it's not directly tied to my job and into it, but I've connected with so many amazing students through this that it's really been so fulfilling. So I feel like this role gives me the opportunity to have crazy ideas and just go for it. So that's been really neat. Okay, next question is, what are some hobbies you do to keep your life interesting? Well, first of all, I am not interesting, so I can end it right there. I am such a boring person, and I stand by that. But honestly, I would consider, yeah, this podcast to be a hobby of mine. Like, it's not a part of my role into it. I don't make fun, like any money from it. It's just fun. I like it. Outside of that, I'm a huge gym rat. Like, I love working out, lifting weights, health and wellness. I try to work out six days a week. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else. Oh, I do have an embarrassing answer, but I feel like it's career limiting. (laughs) I'm obsessed with reality TV. Like when I say obsessed, I mean it. I will watch anything. The entire roster of TLC shows, like I'm on it. Real Housewives franchise, I'm on it. 90 Day Fiance, don't get me started. Big Ed, if you are watching 90 Day Fiance, I need you to talk to me about what you think about Big Ed. That guy is a trip. But anything trash reality TV, I am all over. Oh, I love this question. It's how do I stay motivated when I work from home? So corny answer, because I actually love my job, it rarely feels like something I have to do. Rather, it's something like I get to do. But obviously, there are days or projects I'm working on where I'm just not into it. So for me, it's all about scheduling. I will literally make a schedule of exactly what needs to get done that day. 
and assign timelines to it. So from 9 to 10, I'm working on data. From 10 to 11, I'm answering emails. So I really only do that on days where I'm not in the mood to do certain things so that it forces me to stay on schedule and gives me no opportunity to procrastinate. This next question is also really good. It's why should Canadian tech talent stay in Canada when they can be paid two times more to work in the U.S.? I also wondered this when I started working in tech. I was like, why do people even want to stay in Canada knowing what the compensation is in the U.S.? Until I realized that that increase in compensation for the U.S. is typically to offset the bonkers cost of living in the States, especially in the Bay Area. So although that compensation change sounds like quite a bit, and it's definitely not, you know, two times um, what you would make in Canada. And although, you know, that comp sounds like a huge gap between Toronto to, let's call it San Francisco, in reality, your savings at the end of the month are going to be the exact same, just because the cost of living in the Bay Area is absolutely astronomical. So sounds like a lot on paper, but in reality, it really isn't much of a difference at all. Okay, so I actually got a few questions about how to improve your resume, um, how to have good interviews, all of that good stuff. I won't go too in-depth on that in this episode, but I will give you a shameless plug to go check out my earlier episodes. I have an interview boot camp one, like a resume um, dedicated episode. Check those out. They literally go line by line, everything you need to have a good interview and a good resume. So shameless plug there. The next question is, how can I stand out compared to other candidates? Okay, so assuming you have the exact same set of skills as another applicant, here is how you get the job instead of them. Number one is networking. You need to build a network and have relationships with people who are going to recommend you for jobs and refer you for jobs. Having someone in your corner makes such a big difference because they are advocating for you when you're not even in the room. The second piece, in my opinion, is passion. So how have you demonstrated your passion for your craft or for your field? And yeah, networking is part of this because you're going to be going out of your way to build relationships, but there's more. Have you been volunteering? Do you tutor? Do you do case competitions? So it's really about finding ways to go above and beyond to show that you never stop learning about what you do. And finally, obviously, it's all about how you prepare for interviews. Again, shameless plug to my earlier episodes. It's all about a good interview and good resume. So go take a listen to those. I also got a bunch of questions asking about how to get an internship at Intuit. So overall, what I would say is step one is, of course, applying online via your school's career website or Intuit's career website. But then I also still recommend networking. It's all about learning about our culture, what we do. But the recipe for success stays the same. It's about a good resume, networking, and a good interview. Timelines and specifics about what we recruit for are actually all listed on Intuit's career website. So definitely go check that out. Another great question is from one of my favorite people on this planet. It's, what is something you wish more seasoned people at work would do to help those who are just starting in their careers? Such a good question. I think at least for me, it would have been navigating the unwritten rules of the industry. For example, it's really easy for you to get better at your craft or your skill. You can be given really direct feedback on how to code something better or write something better. But navigating the kind of company politics or unwritten rules is what's really difficult. It's who to email for what, office politics, or the best way to word difficult emails. I think it's all about the unwritten culture of your company, like the little things. Like, for example, CCing your manager when you're emailing something important or not wearing jeans on Friday if it's not a thing on your team. 
these are the kind of small things that people learn via making mistakes. And those mistakes never tend to feel good. So I think for me, it's the unwritten rules instead of the true kind of technical skills or improvement. Oh my gosh, this next question kills me. <laughs> what was your worst job experience? Uh, I know my answer, but I don't want to tell you. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to embarrass myself. Um, I worked at Starbucks in high school. I lasted three days before I quit and literally like went out in flames. Um, this job was so stressful. Like anyone who works or has worked at Starbucks, hats off to you. I could not remember how to make any of the drinks. Every drink I made tasted like god awful. Every time someone ordered, I would freeze and get so nervous because I did not know how to make their order. And on my third and final shift, I was trying to carry the, carry rather the really large um, like tins of coffee, you know, like the massive jugs that are kind of standing at the back of the um, like barista stand where you would pour out the the pike or whatever coffee you'd be having. So I was carrying one of those to dump it out and eventually make some more fresh coffee. But I was so weak. I had no upper body strength at the ripe age of 16 that I dropped it and spilled hot coffee literally everywhere. And I was already really bad at this job. And I recognized like this was it. This was the end of the line for me. So I think at the end of that shift, I was like, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. You know, I think it's it's best for all of us if I just take a step back and you guys, you know, just find someone else to do this. Um, so basically, I quit before they could fire me. But yeah, uh, needless to say, that's not on my resume as a job that happened. I try to block that one out mentally very hard. Okay, funny enough, next question is what is my Starbucks order? Oh, honey, I am a venti iced black Americano with two pumps of sugar-free vanilla. Literally my kryptonite when I was still in the office before, you know, hashtag COVID, I would stop at Starbucks and get this every single morning. Like this was my go-to. Okay, one person asked what my daily schedule is. So on work days, which are Monday to Friday for me, I'm usually up around like I would say 7.30, sometimes 8 if I'm really sleepy. First thing I do is make coffee. Like no questions asked, that's number one. And then usually still in my pajamas, I'll answer emails until about like 9 or 9.30. And then I'll spend the rest of the morning working on whatever is important for that day. Usually it's some combination of like interviews, meetings, or events planning. And I'll usually take a break around 12 to exercise. So I'll usually use my like lunch hour to work out. And then I'm back in finishing things up usually till about five. But during busy season, which for campus recruitment is the fall, I'm working until things are done, not until five, which unfortunately is very rarely five o'clock. It is typically a whole lot later than that. On weekends, I'm usually like up around nine, I would say. I'll exercise right away because if I don't, it's not happening. Like it needs to get done the second I wake up. And then I make breakfast, which nine times out of 10 is French toast. Shout out to French toast. I love you. And then I'm usually working a little bit, like either on the podcast or side hustles. Like I usually spend the first couple hours of my day working on something. And then I'll just chill out. Like that's where I start binge watching my reality TV. I'll chill with the fam. I'll go on a walk. I'll go get some ice cream. You know, normal boring people things. Okay, and that actually ties perfectly into the last question, which is who do you spend most of your time with? So right now during lockdown or kind of phase three, at least in Toronto, I'm spending most of my time with my family. We're super close, which is wonderful. So this lockdown has not been all that painful with them. But outside of hanging with the fam, I'm so lucky. I have the world's best girlfriends. Shout out to the girl gang if you're listening to this. But they're just the most brilliant and hilarious and selfless people. So usually I'm spending my nights hanging out with them. During lockdown, we've done some like outdoor socially distanced like game nights or movie nights. So we've done our best to make things work. 
or I'll spend it with my lovely boyfriend. And he's equally amazing and all kinds of fun. So I'm unbelievably lucky. Okay, before we wrap up, that is the end of the questions you guys sent in, but I found some pretty funny quick fire answer ones online that I just wanted to throw in too. So here are the answers to questions that you never asked and you probably don't care about, but you're getting anyways. The first one is what weird food combinations do I really enjoy? I don't know if it counts as weird, but I love putting Nutella in my cereal. Like a tablespoon of Nutella on top of Cheerios. Oh, honey, game over. That's so good. Next one is when you're old, what do you think your children will ask you to tell stories about? 2020. And that's that on that. What do you think you're much better at than you actually are? I mean, like probably everything, but my answer is going to be dancing. Like in my head, I'm moving it like JLo. In reality, not cute. I've seen it on video. (laughs) What's the most unsettling film you've seen? Oh my gosh, guys, if you like horror movies, you need to watch the movie called Goodnight Mommy. I think it came out in 2014. It's in German. It is arguably the most like disturbing and terrifying movie I've ever seen. I love scary movies, and this is one of the only ones that actually kept me up at night after I watched it. It's bewildering. You have to see it. What problem are you currently grappling with? honestly learning how to chill out and not work. Like I don't think I've taken a Saturday or Sunday just to do nothing since I was born. So I'm trying to learn how to do that more. If animals could talk, which animal would be the most annoying? Birds, obviously. I feel like they're the worst animals. I'm sorry if you're a bird person. They freak me out and they chirp so much. They're just not for me. I'm so sorry. And finally, do aliens exist? Yes, you heard it here first, folks. I believe aliens exist. Do I have facts? No. Am I strong in my conviction? Absolutely. This is officially breaking news. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. I had so much fun, like arguably the most fun I've had on this show yet. I loved your questions. They were hysterical. And also some of them were super practical and loved those too. I really appreciate you hanging out with me for the last little bit. Don't forget to head over to Instagram so you never miss a beat. And I will chat with you guys next week.